welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk about different topics in the health, wellness, and fitness space. No topic is off limits here. I'm your host, Tessa Breeden, certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist with a passion for helping busy adults tone up, lose body fat, and feel good. Getting on here is always like, shoot, I did not mean to say that, so I always have to edit it out. But Johnny... Kat and Zano, hope I got you that got right. <laughs> awesome. IFBB Pro, I'm really excited to dive into this podcast and talk to you because we have obviously had some conversations at the gym, but a majority of our conversations actually come from sharing things on Instagram that are comical and things that people believe. So we'll dive into that a little bit towards the end of this podcast, but I want okay. to talk a little bit about like what bodybuilding as a sport is you've been in the industry for a while so like what is ifbb like what is being a classic physique pro like what the heck does that even mean yeah it's a great question um bodybuilding so the ifbb specifically is you kind of look at it like let's call that like if you want to compare it to some let's compare it to like the nfl okay okay so in 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 this world there's a lot of different We'll call it American football because if you call it football, then they're going to think football. So yeah. American football, there's a lot of different. There's there's college football. There's the NFL. Now there's you see these other leagues coming out like the the USFL, and there's been arena football. Then there's Canadian football. Mm. So you see there's all these different leagues of football. But at the end of the day, the big dog and the one that everybody watches is the NFL. Okay, so that's kind of what I relate the IFBB to because in okay. this world, there's a lot of different federations of of bodybuilding and the ifbb has been around been around the longest that's the 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 mr olympia that's the arnold classic those are the big shows that you hear that's the ifbb the international federation of bodybuilding okay so it's it's actually uh, worldwide at this point they've actually expanded from not just the united states but actually over into europe over into australia down into brazil and it's it's they've kind of evolved over the years and that, now there's an actual IFBB what's called professional league okay cool. okay so the IFBB is the professionals and then there is a, a a league that leads that that you have to go through to get to be an IFBB professional you can't just say well I want to be a, an IFBB pro and sign up and do a show and then you're a pro you actually have to go through um, what's called the amateur league. Okay. So kind of like going through minor league baseball and you have yeah. to kind of you know, qualify in order to be considered to earn a pro card and be have professional status. Um, so the NPC is the, the big, the very big amateur league. Okay. And that's the biggest one in the United States. Also they've expanded in other countries as well. So you'll see other leagues and federations, divisions, and some of them have maybe different standards or different rules. But at the end of the day, the NPC, which is the Amateur League, which leads to the IFBB, are, are the two biggest federations in the world. Okay, so those what that what that means to me is I'm up against the best. Okay, so you're you're up against the best physiques. There are other federations, and like like we've talked about WBFF, that's uh-huh. another pretty big federation, but they're they're a little bit geared a little bit differently. They're more kind of on like a stage presence and a presentation where they have yeah. you wearing more of like the evening wear and the, and, the, and that sort of swim swimwear and uh, then, like, I think they have, like, an active where you show, like, a sport or something. Um, so the IFBB is more just specific. It's it's bodybuilding at the end of the day. Over the years, though, they have created multiple divisions for both males and females to give access to the stage without having just one specific look. So it, a lot of people, when they think bodybuilding, they just think dudes that want to be as big as possible. Mm-hmm. They think those, like... Ronnie Coleman, they think Arnold, they think the guys that were the biggest on stage. But for a lot of people, that's not a really physically possible to get to that level. Yeah. Um, Maybe they don't want to look like that and see to the masses, to most people, it's not really pleasing to the eye. Okay. To most people, if you ask, if you walk down the street and ask 10 people what they think of Last year's Mr. Olympia, so whoever won it last year, which mm-hmm. is I think is uh, Rami. So if you ask them what they think of that guy, they're most I'd say eight out of ten people are probably going to be like ew, or kind of like <laughs> eh, yeah, I don't I don't really like the look of that. Very few people are like I want to look like that. I yeah. want to be that. Yeah. So in order to evolve the sport, they started to they they needed to do something rather than just have one division. So they started 
other divisions. So it went from just having open bodybuilding for men to having open and then what's called 212, where you have to be 212 pounds or less. So that gave access to smaller guys. Then they came out with men's physique, the guys that wore the board shorts. Okay. So that gave access to guys that wanted to look more like a fitness model, more of an, a, a sustainable look year round. Um, and then they came out a few years ago with what's called classic physique, which is actually the division I'm in. For women, they years ago, they only had just women's bodybuilding. Then they had women's fitness, where they actually did the fitness routines, and then they had to swim around. Then they've developed other divisions, women's physique, uh, bikini, which blew up in popularity probably about 10 years ago. And then the latest, which is actually probably the most popular right now, was called wellness. Okay. Mm. So they've developed all these divisions. So you have more opportunities to have more different physiques on stage at a professional level. So you go through the NPC and you have to qualify if you want to be a professional, you know, doing doing whatever division you're attracted to or, or you think your body is suited to. Um, I started off in men's physique, actually, in the wearing the board shorts because mm-hmm. I wanted to to be a bodybuilder, but I was still, honestly, I was kind of shy. I was kind of nervous to put on put on the the bikini, the men's bikini and get on stage and put the tan on. I was, I I was, that was a whole new world to me, even though I had been following bodybuilding since I was 12 years old. I've followed the bodybuilders and read the magazines and, you know, I was enamored with it, but I was still somewhat nervous. So men's physique came out and I said, Hey, what a great opportunity. I'm done with college football. Why don't, why don't I try this? Um, Loved it. And then they came out with the classic division, which I felt was much more suited for me. So that's how I ended up in, in that. Uh, so bodybuilding for some is, I would say bodybuilding for most is a hobby. Very few people get to make it their profession. And even I, that being a bodybuilder doesn't really make me direct income, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of having that title and having that helps me get more clients and, and their trust in me, but also exploring, not just more general population. Like, Hey, I'm just trying to lose weight, get healthy. I want to be a competitor or I want to compete in this. So they're, they're a little bit more trusting me from, from that degree, but being a bodybuilder, being a bodybuilder itself, unless you're at the very top, unless you're winning the actual Mr. Olympia, you're not really making that much income from it, especially from the actual shows itself. It's really interesting that over the past few years, there's just been this like influx of interest, I think, especially in women. I noticed it when I was in college. That's really when I started getting into bodybuilding. I was a college cheerleader and then I was working out at a gym that was more focused on bodybuilding and became something I was super interested. And some people were doing it, not a ton of people. And then as soon as I graduated college, I graduated in 2015, it like blew up to the point where everyone I knew was doing it. Everyone in college was doing it. And I was like, what in the world is happening? So just let me ask this. I know you obviously train people in person and online. Do you mo- like most of the time train people for shows or are you training lifestyle clients as well? I, honestly, it's the majority of my clients are lifestyle, even though I started off mainly specifically coaching in fitness and bodybuilding. I think the reason, one of the reasons it's gotten so popular is accessibility, right? I mean, social media, a lot of people before it was when we went to the grocery store and you were checking out, you went to the magazine out and you picked up flex or you picked up Iron Man. Nowadays mm-hmm. it's in front of your face. And like kind of what we talked a little bit about earlier is, is it's, it's a marketing machine. I mean, a body, the bodybuilding industry, yeah. and there's a lot of things that go along with it from the training to the coaching, the supplementation, the gyms, the, the, the clothing. I mean, these have created entire new niches in, in inside the industry itself, which was already kind of a niche industry on its own. So social media has just made it to where it's much more accessible to the average person. And, and I think the term bodybuilding for years was almost a little taboo. Uh, when they would hear that, they would immediately think big giant guy, you know, but at the end of the day, nine out of 10 people that go into a gym in a sense, are trying to do some form of bodybuilding. If you're trying to lose fat, if you're trying to build muscle, you're 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 bodybuilding. Okay, you might not be trying to get on a stage. You might not try be trying to be Mr. Olympia, but the process of of building muscle and losing fat and sculpting your body and trying to look different in the mirror or make progress and gains in your progress picture is that's bodybuilding. Yeah, I think people don't understand that when you're doing these like 
three sets of 10 to 12 reps. Like that is bodybuilding. <laughs> like It's very simple in that sense, unless you're doing CrossFit or something more on the functional side of things. If you are lifting mm-hmm. weights in the gym, it doesn't matter if you're following some app or have a coach, like that's still bodybuilding. And I always try and tell people that just because the style I train people is bodybuilding, I could call it whatever. I could be calling it lifting. It is still bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. It is still building muscle, losing body fat, getting quote unquote toned, it's effective. That's that's the bottom line. If you want to lose fat and if you want to change the way your body appears, then the, it's been proven over the years, not only through, you know, seeing people like Arnold or Ronnie or those guys compete, but also just the research in the years has gotten, have gotten a lot better and kind of like a lot of things we thought before were, well, bro splits and really bro-y type workouts. Well, a lot of that stuff is works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a reason that, you know, we do that stuff. Uh, it might not be the most glamorous thing. You know, a lot of people think you need to change your workouts every workout. That's, that's not, that's like the last thing you want. <laughs> how are you ever going to get good? How is your body ever going to adapt if you're doing something different every time? How long do you like uh, to do programs for clients? You said you don't like to switch them up that often. I'm curious to hear what, like, do you like to do like six to 10 weeks or are you like a 10 I do, to like- I do, I do four week micro cycles, but whenever they, whenever I change, I'm not, it's not dramatic changes. It's Mm -hmm. slight adjustments. And it's usually based on feedback from the client, either due to like work, workout flow, like, man, I can never get that machine or, oh, it's just so crowded by the dumbbells in the morning or it's, it's intrinsic feedback. I'm just, I'm struggling to feel this particular exercise. Okay. Well, let's try a different variation. Yeah. Um, so I'll set it four weeks at a time, but even then I'm not, we're not making dramatic changes. We're just maybe slight alterations, but still keeping a lot of the bread and butter, especially. And what I tell clients is if you find something that's working and you're getting good results from that exercise, don't stop it. Keep going. Yeah. I like like the undulating model where I'm basically, you pick your, your compound movements that you're sticking with. And like the only thing you're really changing up is reps and sets, depending on what intensity you're looking for. And then I always tell people the one thing I really like switching up. And my coach says this for me is just switching up accessory work. Like you could do so many variations of bicep curls without it being boring. Like you can switch that every four weeks. It's still a bicep curl and a preacher curl and a cable bicep curl. It's all a freaking bicep curl at the end of the day. (laughs) And so that's the stuff that I find to be really fun, but I'm with you. I prefer a little bit of a longer period, um, depending on the client, if they get bored easily. We'll maybe do like four to six weeks, but I'm like, if a client, I have a few clients who are like, can we do this for 10 weeks so I can focus on progressive overload? I'm like, yes, absolutely. It's like my dream. Exactly. You just, you run into those clients that, and that's, and that's something that needs to be taken into consideration is some clients do need variety for adherence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there is a fine line you have to walk as a coach. It's like, look, we need to be sticking to these fundamentals and this blocking and tackling and the bread and butter. But if that, for that person individually, they start to, their mind starts to wander and they're like, oh shit, I only got to the gym twice last week, or I'm just not getting as effective workouts. Then yeah, there is a need to somewhat introduce more variety, but that doesn't mean they need to be completely different. It, like you said, it can be, yeah. maybe we did, uh, you know, the shortened head on the bicep curl last week by keeping elbows doing reverse incline curl maybe this week we switch it just use the cables so we're doing the same movement but we're just changing out the stimulus with using dumbbells one week and then cables the next week for sure i agree with that i love that i think it keeps things super interesting all that being said like what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making in their fitness and health journey man where do i even start um (laughs) maybe like the top two mistakes yeah and I don't and I don't mean it to and I, when I give these examples, I don't mean it ever to be negatively. I think the, the I call it like the monkey see monkey do effect. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people really want to make dramatic changes and really change their physique. But when they're going in the gym and they're putting a lot of effort in, but they're doing shit completely wrong. OK, so I see that every day. OK, and it's it's to the point where, you know, I want to offer help to that person say, Hey man, you know, there's, but in this, but there's, there's such a fine line. You have to walk there. You don't want to offend people. You know, the, the, that person doesn't know you, they don't trust you. So that's the first thing is like, if you really want to make a dramatic change to your body, ask for help. 
ask for help mm-hmm. from a professional like me running a business. I know how to coach. I know how to train people. I know how to write programming. I don't know how to do taxes. So what did I do? I hired a tax professional. Okay. So same thing with, you know, if I want to build a deck, we built a deck in, our, in the back of our house a few years ago. I worked for a decking company for almost 10 years, but I still didn't know how, like, I still know, I know how to build a deck, but I'm still not going to trust myself. I want a professional to do it because I want it to look great. So same thing with your body. If you want to really want to change your body, invest in yourself, invest in the help. Now there is a double-edged sword with that. Like a lot of people that ask for help are asking the wrong trainers. Okay. They're mm-hmm. asking the wrong people. They go to Instagram. They say, Oh, this guy has a million followers. He probably knows what he's talking about. More often than not, they don't. Okay. They're more often than not, they're a very marketable, marketable physique. Um, more often than not, they're, they, they have good genetics. You will find some that are actual good coaches, but more often than not, the, the dudes with the most followers or the, the girls with the most followers doesn't mean they're, they're the right fit for you um, as a personal trainer or coach. Um, the second thing I would say is just tr- changing shit too much. I mean, just constantly going in the gym and doing completely different things. It, this kind of relates back to the monkey see monkey do effect. And what I meant by that was they go into a gym one time and they kind of look around, they're just watching other people and they see, Oh, I, I'm going to do that. And then they'll go just mimic that movement. When in the end of the day, they, they don't know anything about that movement. They don't know how to execute it properly. They don't know what, what the even intent of that movement is. Um, so that's, that's the other thing I see is just changing exercises too much. So not executing properly and then just changing it up, changing shit up too much is probably the most common things I see. Um, if I were to have to pick one to like narrow it down, like the biggest where people are missing the mark the most is nutrition mm-hmm. is people will get their butts in the gym. They'll be, I see tons of people in the gym five, six days a week at 6am doing the classes, lifting the weights, doing the cardio. But I watch people do this for months and they look the exact same as they did in day one. And I know it's because when they walk out of the gym, they don't have a control of their nutrition or they think they do, but they, they ultimately don't. So that, that would probably be the number one most common Achilles heel, I would say, for people trying to make progress with changing body composition. Yeah, for sure. You touched on a lot of really good points. And I want to start with the thing you said about the monkey see, monkey do. It's always really crazy in terms of like switching things up, seeing what other people are doing or like looking for coaches online. I think that there's a lot of really great online coaches out there. And like you said, not everybody is a great fit. And I I would say, but, but honestly, for every one that's good, you're going to probably get 10 that are shitty. Yeah. And I think a lot of it just comes down to, and okay. I actually disagree in the sense that I'm glad that people are getting in the gym. I think it's when people have really specific goals that that's really more so what we're talking about. Like if you're getting in the gym and you're doing things wrong, like, of course, we don't want you to be doing things wrong, but like, hell, I'm just happy you're getting in the gym, you know? But I think that it's the accessibility is a bit challenging for people because people want something cheap and they want something that they can follow. So I used to use the bodybuilding.com app. That is like, one of the ways I learned how to program is because I would follow all of the bodybuilding programs and I would go through like all of the men's splits because at the end of the day, like men and women can, yes, train the same. And just because I'm training the same way a guy does does not mean I'm going to look like a man because I am a female and I don't have that much testosterone in my body, but that's a conversation for another day. But yeah, I think there's not a lot of accessibility when it comes to that one-on-one coaching. So people will use things that are easy on YouTube or whatever, but because those people want to keep their engagement high, I think they're switching up their workouts a lot of the time and very often. And that's where there's a little bit of a loss. Now, I personally think the best online coach, if you cannot afford a one-on-one coach and want a very basic program, I think Mark Carroll is an excellent coach. I have done four of his programs and I think they are phenomenal like truly, really, really, really great programs. And so I always think that's super interesting for coaches. Now you posted something on your story the other day that I want to ask you about. So you had said something on Instagram in regards to like, don't go to a coach if um, they're asking you to like apply for coaching. So I want you to talk about that because I actually disagree with you on this. And so I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
to me, that is just something that is kind of going against the grain for you as a coach in the first place. When you talked about earlier is like, you know, we're just happy that that person's in the gym. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We are. And they're like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't, I don't want you to think like I would ever put a newcomer down for just being in the gym, but that I was kind of taking that in a different direction as Uh far as like, it's okay to ask for help. Most gyms will give a free training session or you'll, you'll notice that a lot of people are like, Oh, well it's too expensive. And then they go three, spend $300 at the bar that weekend. Okay. So it's like where, (laughs) where priorities are. It's like, you know, we only get one meat suit, you know what I mean? So it's an investment into yourself, but the apply for coaching. I mean, you've already got people that are already hesitant to get into a gym let alone work with a trainer. And then it, you, you give that person that sense of rejection. Okay. So apply means there's a potential for rejection. So that's, that's my thing is, is it shouldn't be like consult to find out if you're a good fit. Absolutely. But apply giving that person a sense of, well, they might not accept me to me from a mental health perspective, hmm. when we're trying to improve body composition to, for most of us to, to aid in that mental health perspective, it's just, it's not a direction I would take things as far as like telling people, Hey, you know, there's a chance you might not work with me because you know, I might reject you. Now, if you had something like if the wording were a little different, like, Hey, you know, consult to see if we're a good fit. That's something completely different. That's that. In, if I were the average person kind of seeing that, I would say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to make sure I'm a good fit with this person rather than like fear of rejection. I like that. I actually really, I like that perspective. I maybe haven't thought of it that way. And so it's good to obviously take that into consideration because as you know, we can't accept every single person because not everybody's going to be a fit at the end of the day. You may have somebody that has a consultation with you and you realize that you maybe can't help this person because it's not the right fit. Or like we have to be real at the end of the day, if a client and I don't have some sort of emotional connection, there's a very good chance sure. that they're How, not going to want to check in with me every week. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How many times has that happened? How many times have you not taken somebody's money because they, for whatever reason? In the past year and a half, probably six. Six times? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, so, so I have a lot more. of people that apply that either realize it's not a high priority for them or it's something that they come to a consultation very unenthusiastic and it's again the the, the connection so is were not these, there were these, let me ask you i guess a little more specific were these six people that you went through the consultation then it kind of just fizzled out or were these six people that went through the consultation said i want to give you my money i want you to coach me and you, and you said no thank you I would say it's half. I would say probably three of the people I actually said, like, I would feel wrong taking your money because this I'm not going to be able to do for you what you want. Right. And, and I so think that's, that's important. That's the other thing with, with people that say that is is with coaches, it's like, you're, you know, we know these people aren't not taking people's money. Okay. Because I know that's a goal. At the end of the day, you're running a business. Yeah. And if somebody's going to come into your store and say, here, I, I, here's my greenbacks, very few people are actually going to say, you know what? I don't want your money. (laughs) It's just like, why even kind of set that precedent? Why not just, you know, keep it legit, keep it transparent. Like we're going to consult if this works out great. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but like apply is just like something to me. That's always something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way as a, as an online coach. Cause I I've been online coaching since before online coaching was a thing, not, not to like to my ego here, but I've been doing this over 10 years. So I've kind of, I've seen it all. I was online coaching before Instagram was, was a thing. Yeah. So I've seen this kind of new whole new wave of online coaches coming, which is great because there's plenty of room in the industry to be an online coach. But then when you see things like that, or you, or another thing I'll see is somebody works, somebody's like brand new to fitness, like just themselves maybe started working out a year or two ago. And then all of a sudden you see coaching their profile. You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. I understand the want to get better and the want to better yourself. But, and and some people do, a lot of people do like you and myself, we go through the proper proper process of getting the qualifications and getting the education in those areas, but then also getting field experience. Um, A lot of those people are kind of just navigating around that and then just like, you know, come work with me. So it's, I just kind of see that. And I, I've seen a lot of the apply for coaching and then that sort of thing over the few years. 
when it is, it's a, there's a lot of deceit in the industry. There really is. And I don't know if you've seen this, this, uh, profile. Have you heard about this guy? Um, goob goob you goob you two or whatever no. or I think his name is. no so what he does or what he's made his uh mo is he basically calls out what he calls uh fitness influencers or calls them shit fluencers people that are editing and photoshopping their photos and then selling a product or selling a coaching with that deceit in mind oh. and you'd be surprised at how many people, especially in the IFBB, even, you know, I'll, even in the, you know, IFBB professionals and amateurs, but you'd be surprised how many guys and girls are actually out there doing this. And I kind of like, in a sense, I, I applaud them. A lot of people, some people are like, oh, well, that's internet bullying, blah, 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 blah. But, but it is and it isn't. He goes about it a very unique way. The guy's educated. He's got a law degree, so he's not dumb. Um but it just kind of exposes like how much deceit there really is in the industry. And you'd be surprised how many times you see these profiles and what does it say in the top left corner coach? So it's just, it's, it's, it's an industry where I think we can do better as coaches. And it's like little things like that to me is, is something that can be improved. Yeah. You've just exposed and introduced a really large conversation because you, you totally said it. Anybody can go get a, an online fitness coach or a fitness coaching certification. It's not hard. Let me be the first to tell you, I am not great at school. I had a really hard time getting through school. I'm just not a studious individual personally. Nutrition certification was super easy. I did one through ACE. My personal training certification is super easy. Just because I'm a certified coach or just because somebody is a certified coach does not necessarily make them a good coach. Field experience is 100%. so, so, so important. Now, don't get me wrong. I have not been coaching for 10 years, but I have been in athletics for over 10 years. I and was that, a college athlete. Wow, I, yeah. yeah. So I do think that I have experience in that sense. And because I know that I can improve in other areas, for example, my nutrition, I'm constantly trying to continue my education now as a trainer, yes, there are required continuing education courses, but it's like once every two years, I personally get one every single year because like, if I'm not learning, then I'm just stagnant. And so I have to continue learning. And so I love learning about different types of programming. And that's why I think it's so important that coaches hire other coaches, but uh, it's just really crazy. Yes. And I think the other really deceitful thing within the fitness industry is this term of nutritionist, because like, Basically, legally, in a lot of states, if you have a nutrition certification, you can call yourself a nutritionist. Now, most of the people that are searching for trainers or nutrition coaches do not know what the F, the difference between a nutritionist, a nutrition coach, an RD, any of those titles are. You know, people don't know what that is. And fitness is such a vulnerable industry. People are literally coming to you with their most vulnerable problem of wanting to get better, to lose to lose weight, to lose body fat. And we're just like, let me sell you this thing because I'm a nutritionist who has a nutrition certification and I've never had a client before, but I'm going to sell you my program. And so it's wow. kind of like this interesting balance of the scales because coaches, I get it. You want to make money. You want to market your product, but then we have the people that are the consumers and it's like, how can we actually be impactful and make a difference for people without it just being this like, marketing tactic and marketing technique. And that's really like, I know we're already like 30 minutes into this, but I really want to talk about the fact that fitness is a marketing business. And I think people often forget that fitness is just like any other industry. It's just like, we'll use the, again, sports as an example. The entire purpose of that is to market it. And so to market something, it is it needs to be sexy. It needs to sell. It needs to be something that intrigues people. And at the end of the day, fitness, wellness, nutrition all need to be marketed somehow. And mm -hmm. I think people forget this because people want it to seem so organic, but it's not. And I can say this from experience of like trying to get new clients on social media People are trying to pull you in with marketing tactics. That doesn't necessarily mean everything that's out there is like 
being phrased the right way. It doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. It's just being phrased a way to draw you in. And Mm -hmm. as I mentioned at the beginning of this, we have a beginning of this, we have a lot of conversations on Instagram about content that people are putting out there. There is so much crazy shit on Instagram right now about health and wellness. And so I just want to dive into this whole like fitness as a marketing business and talk a little bit about some of the myths or some of the things you see a lot of the times and where you think there are problems. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, and it's, it's funny. I actually, I worked for a, a, a fitness marketing machine for quite a few years. Um, one of the originators of fitness in the YouTube space, which was at the time was called six pack shortcuts and Mike Chang fitness. So they started, we started 2011, 2012 in that YouTube space. Um, and they brought me on. This is when I first started. I had a full-time job in building material sales for a fortune 500 company, but this is when I was starting to realize in my life that that wasn't necessarily the path I like to go down. I started, I was, I was like, I really do like this bodybuilding. I like this fitness stuff. I started competing. Um, so they brought me in and had me as talent essentially, um, and doing videos for YouTube. And we were kind of the first, we grew that channel to 5 million subscribers. And at the time we were, we had, let's call it 60, 70% of market share. There were, there were no athlete X's, there were no bio lanes, there were no strength theory. There was, there was none of that Renaissance periodization. None of that, none of those guys were around. So I have a very interesting interesting perspective on fitness marketing because i was part of the marketing machine and so I, I did videos for them for a long time and then when i was finally able to leave building materials i actually worked switched over and transitioned to work for them full-time and i created their online coaching program which was called platinum coaching but i was still doing videos and stuff at the time but we also sold supplements okay so this is and th- this is kind of where marketing takes a big grasp on the industry is because everybody wants instant gratification. They want results and they want it now. And they see the people in the ads and they say, okay, well, if I take this, I can look like this. Well, I want it now. Okay. So after a few years of working for a marketing machine like that, I just, I felt dirty, if you will. Um, There were quite a few times where I would go in um, to, you know, do a, what's called a VSL, a video sales letter is what they call that, the, the, the internet marketing industry. And it's basically like doing a video like this, but having it teleprompted and you're, you know, you're telling a story and you're connecting, you know, you say you a lot because it's a psychological thing and you want to connect them. And there was many times where I just, I was like, I'm not reading that or that is factually incorrect. And this was stuff given from copywriters. Okay. So, and that's a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of stuff you see in fitness marketing or when you see on these fitness influencers pages, 99.9% 99.9% of the time are not even written by that person. Okay. So there's, they have teams of copywriters. They have teams that have what's called split testing, which they put out three or four ads and they throw shit at a wall and see which one's going to get the most click and which one's going to get the, it's all about conversions. So as you can see, I, I'm really kind of like, I don't want to say jaded, but that's not the right term, but I'm, it's, I'm almost like, I just didn't like that, mm-hmm. that side of fitness. So I almost made it my goal is like as a coach is to be as transparent as possible. And I provide service based on results and treat, treating people right. And that's how I've been able to be successful um, so far with my business and, you know, doing very good revenue ever since I started it on my own in 2019. So I've been able to, to, to actually grow the business doing that. So I, I really don't even, I don't pay for ads right now. I don't like it. And uh, I don't, do a lot of the stuff that you'll see a lot of the other influ- social social fitness influencers doing. And I'm again, not that it's wrong, but again, there's just that sense of um, like we talked about deceit is just like mm-hmm. a lot of it, just like there's a better way to go about it. So there are some influences, influencers or fitness people that, that do do it the right way. Like you and I, that do provide factual evidence-based information and, and, we offer consults to make sure that they're a good fit for us. But for the majority in in the fitness industry, it's just like, it's, it's a world of photo. It's, it's, it's fake it till you make it. It's a world of Photoshop. It's a world of, um, you know, click this to get instant results, lose 20 pounds in 10 days, drink this to, you know, shed fat. So it's, it's 
something where it's when you have good people like us, we can make it better, but that's always going to be there. And it's just like any other industry. It's just like when Coca-Cola or Pepsi hire an NFL player to start drinking their drink. They're like, you want to be cool like Patrick Mahomes? Drink this drink. You know what I mean? So it's it's very, very similar. It's no different than any other industry. Um, but I've been on both sides, so I kind of know how it goes. Yeah, it's crazy. And I love that you talk about supplements because – I have like this love-hate relationship with supplements, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Once you have the education, you're kind of like, why did I, you know, because when you first start getting into fitness, you think you need everything and you think everything's going to make a difference. And like, oh my God, I cannot tell you how long I took fat burners. I took fat burners for such a long time. Now ask me if I ever saw results from a fat burner. No. No. (laughs) And like, I have so many clients and they're like, our BCAA is going to help me to not be sore. And I'm like, no, like get your protein in and then you won't be as sore. Like, hello. So it's a really interesting, I don't know the statistics behind it, but I'm sure the supplement industry is just crazy. And you, you know, there are good supplements. I do personally think protein is an awesome supplement, but it doesn't matter if you choose the best supplement brand out there. Like I really like first form. I really like PE science. Like I think they're legit companies. Legion's great, but like they still all have shitty products at the end of the day. They all sell fat burners. They all sell all this dumb stuff that you do not actually need. And they all do exactly what I was telling you about is this marketing split testing they're like hey click on this ad you know get your booster test off like test boosters and all that it's like come on yeah like internally i had such a battle for years because that was helping me put food on the table um and i did like supplements and so what i decided to do was like i'm just gonna start giving people the cut and dry like the facts about these supplements so i became the supplement trainer and I would go through and train our salespeople. It's like, you can't say this shit, but you can talk about this. Like, talk about the features and benefits and what it potentially can help people do. Not, you can't say things like, it's going to help you. It says it can potentially. Yeah. So there's there's a fine line you, you have to walk. And like, I, I do, like, I, same thing with me now. I have a love-hate with the supplements and supplement industry. Like, there are some really good, like whey protein, creatine, fish oil, omega-3. A lot of them have a lot of evidence-based practicality that can be implemented in the people's regimen. But for the most part, you don't need $300 in BCAAs and pre-workout and test boosters when you can't even follow a basic nutrition programming, nutrition outline, calories and macros. Yeah, that's crazy. So would you, what are the top two products you would say that are like the most beneficial if anybody was going to get only two things, what would they pick? Context is king in that situation, but I would say nine out of 10 people aren't getting enough protein in. So whey protein is the easiest the fastest way to get it in it's so simple mix it with water mix it with unsweetened almond milk mix it with skim milk mix it with whatever you want it just helps you to get more consistent protein in and the evidence and research shows that when you're consuming enough protein adequate amounts of protein you can build more muscle and you can raise your basal metabolic rate burning more calories having a better energy balance um the next one from there would probably be i mean if we're talking again it's kind of context-based but if we're talking somebody wants to build muscle Creatine. Creatine is one of the most studied supplements of all time. It is one of the few supplements approved for use in high school and collegiate athletics. If that tells you anything, they're very, very strict with that. Um, So it's, it's a very, very safe thing and very something that's simple to implement. And then works on, you know, know, providing regenerating your, your ATP faster. So your performance is going to increase. You're going to be able to get a few more reps and get a few more sets. Um, and, and it's then, then also with supplements, you have the other side of things. Well, oh, I heard that makes you hold water and you retain water like a Buffalo. It's like, what? No, it doesn't. Like, yes, you're, you're, you will retain some more intermuscular fluids, but what you're seeing there, that's just body fat. You know what I mean? So I agree. Those are the two supplements. I would say, like you said, creatine's a little more specific. If you are just like doing group classes and you cannot even get enough protein in during the day, like don't waste your money on creatine. It's literally going to do nothing for you. So, but okay. The last thing I want to talk about is our favorite person on Instagram, liver King. Like what is happening on Instagram? And like, why are people falling into these traps? Because I think that I fell into this like deep hole during the pandemic where I was very into like this, like Mark Hyman, some of that like scientific stuff. And then oh, at no, the end of the day, Mark like, Hyman. You know, some of it, I, some of it, I agree with some of it, I think is like good information and I'm all about educating myself. But at the end of the day, like 
why do people like eat this shit up? Like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to understand. And I I would say maybe I would relate it back to that, like instant gratification thing, um, where people think it's like, let's call it the magic bullet. They think they're missing the, Oh, that's the, that's the one piece of the puzzle that I hadn't been doing. I hadn't been eating raw liver. That's why I can't lose any fat and build any muscle. (laughs) Or, you know, they see this guy and they, and they just, he's a, he's, it's, he is a marketing machine. That dude is just a marketer. That's it. He's basically an actor, if you will. Okay. So he's portraying like, if you want to look like me and have all this muscle and be like a man, eat liver supplements, take our, take our pills, this, that, and the other, like I, I, part of me, like, and I've heard a lot of, like, I've listened to some like well-known fitness people's response or thoughts on liver King and even like respectable people like Mark Bell, like even his response, it just kind of make me want to gag. He's like, yeah, I think he's, I still think he's doing a, a good thing. He's like, he's promoting and blah, blah. It's like, man, the guy is just a walking fucking gimmick. I'm sorry. You can blur, 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 blur that out if you need to. No, that's okay. It's just, it's, <laughs> like, it's, just it's such a marketing scheme. The dude is clearly taking like copious amounts of PEDs and telling people it's like, no, I look like this because I work out hard. And, and, he, and he's just, he does things that gets clicks. He loads himself up with with kettlebells and weight vests and like he's just stuff that for the average person doing that shit is going to give them zero benefit like walking around pulling a sled is going to give the average person absolutely if anything is probably going to like make things worse off for them like they don't they're going to just waste money doing that and probably like hurt their lower back okay so he just like he's selling a dream like take these supplements eat this shit and the problem is it's, it's, it's again, it's black and white. He's like, this is the only way to do it. Fitness is never fucking black and white. There's so many ways to go about building muscle, losing fat, finding uh, um, uh, an avenue of fitness that you enjoy, finding a nutritional style of eating pattern that you enjoy, whether it's fasting or keto, whether you like to do functional workouts or CrossFit or cardio at the gym, like there's so many ways to go about it. And for people like liver King or Mark Hyman say, no, 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 that you can't, or this is the only way to do it. It's just bullshit. And I just, I, I can never get on board with it. The, the liver King thing is just like, all I picture in my head are just like bugs and flies. Like they're slow fly up to zip, up to the bug zapper. Like, Oh, this is yeah. the answer. I'm getting zapped by this dude. I mean, it is embarrassing. And if you actually like, I'll scroll and I'll actually watch some of these videos and it's like so cringy. I, there's all kinds of crazy shit going on with that dude. And like, it's the biggest thing that, which I relate back to when I was talking about the Photoshop and coaches and like being deceitful is like the dude is, is just a lie. It's a walking, talking lie. And he's making millions of dollars off of poor, not poor, like not actually poor people, but poor individuals that are like falling for this. It's incredible. I, I think that, the one thing about the fitness industry that a lot of times can be really frustrating as a like smaller coach or somebody who doesn't have this like massive marketing sheen behind them is that like, it's really scary to think that fitness is not an inexpensive industry. Supplements are expensive. Gym memberships are expensive. Coaches are expensive. Like all these things cost money. And if people were to tally up all of the money they spent on dumb shit, like, Do I think that booty bands are a bad thing? No. Do I think they're going to give you the glutes you need? No. Stop spending $100 on Sally Sue's glute bands so you can grow your butt. Like, go spend that money on a coach. Like, stop wasting your money on this shit. Like, it's so infuriating to me. Like, okay, I'm going to have my Apple Watch here. I only wear my Apple Watch when I work out to track my heart rate. Stop spending your money on an Apple Watch to tell you that you are you just burnt 800 calories during your Orange Theory workout. Spend that $300. You get notified by an Apple Watch that you didn't get your workout done. <laughs> like, go spend that money on a coach to have real accountability, not to have some tracker that's going to tell you X, Y, and Z. Like, sure, is it good to track your steps? Go buy a 
step counter that you attach to your shoes on Amazon for $5. Use your, oh, I don't know, tell me, you don't have your phone on you? It has your health app. It can track your steps in there. Like, I just think that it's so easy to spend this money on things because it's, like you said, the instant gratification. It's, you see everybody on TikTok and Instagram, like they all have these things and you want them all. Trust me, I am a, I am like the world's best consumer. I want to buy everything as well. But when I look at my priority list, if getting in shape or losing body fat is actually a priority to you, then prioritize it. You're going to make things happen that you prioritize, not things that you want. If you want something, you can want it all you want. But if you prioritize it, you're actually going to do it. And people that spend the money on coaching are the people that see the results because they're the people that are like, holy shit, I just dropped $2,000 on six months of coaching. Like if I don't get this done in six months, I just wasted $2,000. It's funny how people act once you start involving a couple dollar bills, the adherence there. And that's, you know, me as a coach, that's why I don't want to be, I'm not the cheapest. I don't want to be the cheapest because- I'll tell you this, anytime I've ever discounted coaching for somebody, they don't, they don't stick to it. Anytime I've done it. That's why, that's why I I very rarely do it. Like even friends and family, I'm just like, this is the price. The price is the price, man. This is how I put food on the table. This is what it's going to cost. I've done that a few times where I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, month free or blah, blah, you know, I'll give you a discount rate. Never works. Never works. I totally agree. And it's always a really hard thing in this industry because Like I said, it's not inexpensive. I'm not here to be like, oh, it's super easy for everybody to get a coach. It's not. And that's when the accessibility can be challenging for some people. And that's fair. Totally understand that. Respect that. But I agree. I have a really hard time reducing my prices. And I know that other people have cheaper programs, but I know my value as a coach. Like I know what I can offer. I know how much value I provide to my clients, the one-on-one service. And I know that I am continuing my education. Is somebody else? I don't know, maybe, but I can only speak for myself. And like you said, I'll do like 28 day challenges. Like I just recently ran a 28 day free coaching. A lot of people didn't do the work because it's free. Like when something's given to you. Yeah. I remember when you had that idea, how did that end up working? You know, it's there, there's always that catch 22. We're looking for people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a lot, I usually get a lot of people that are interested. A lot of people are interested because they hear, oh my God, a month of free coaching. Awesome. But what happens, like we said, something comes up, they haven't invested the money. And then people always have a way of realizing that it's quote unquote, not the right time. Newsflash. It's never going to be the right time. There's, there's never a right time. Yeah. There is those never those a right time. Priorities are rarely in the right place um, with a lot of people, a lot of people like that. And yeah, it's just when, when they're, they're not going to invest in themselves, they're, they're not going to invest the time and they're just, it, yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, so I, I do, I will say, I think I provide a lot of information to my clients. Sometimes it's probably a little overwhelming. I have a lot of of resources for them, but um, I would almost rather have that than them feel like they're not prepared to go out and do this on their own. But when you give that to somebody who's already seeking free coaching, they then think like, oh, I can go out and do it on my own. But Again, another newsflash here, if you are seeking out a month of free coaching and you've just now been given this information, one, you could have Googled the information for the most part. Like what I'm giving you is probably something you could have Googled on your own at the end of the day. And two, like you liked having that accountability. And so once that's gone, like you probably aren't going to be able to do it on your own. So I don't know. I'm big in like prioritizing. And if I personally think that if prior, like if fitness is not like, out of if you have a list of one to 10 things, if fitness is not in the top five, like if you have real goals, like real set goals of losing body fat, gaining muscle, whatever that is getting toned, like we can call it whatever. If it's not in your like top five priorities, like it's not going to happen very fast. Yeah. It's just not. For sure. Yeah. And you got to let people know that some people don't yeah. understand that. I, I am a big believer in that. Well, Johnny, before we close out, is there anything you want to finish on and talk about before we, before we cut off this podcast? Is there anything you think the, the people need to know about the fitness industry, bodybuilding, supplements? Yeah, the, the biggest tip I have for somebody, and I don't want anybody to think, like anybody that's tuned in or watched this, to think when, we, when we're kind of talking about these topics that we're keeping such 
a, like I don't want to feel like a negative light being shined on the fitness industry. I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the things that I think us in the fitness industry can do better. Um, and I want to, I bring those topics up more. So people kind of more are aware of those types of things with marketing and tactics. And, um, the biggest piece of advice I can give to somebody is to just ask questions. The that's, you're going to figure out very quickly if somebody is either a qualified enough to be coaching you or B going to give you the right time and the, the, the amount of attention you deserve as a client, just by asking a few questions, you can figure that out really, really quickly. Okay. So, uh, don't be afraid to ask those questions, like even a loaded question, like, well, how is working with you versus another coach going to be an advantage or, you know, how in your programming or what in your nutrition programming is, is going to help me get my, get, get me my goals versus me just going on like YouTube or bodybuilding.com. And if that person kind of dances around or does, you know, does a little dance or can't really answer those questions directly, move along. That's, that's probably the biggest thing I would say. I love that. Yeah, no, I think this is all really great advice. And this is a fun conversation. I feel like we could probably talk about this for hours because there's so much out there. There's so much evolving in the fitness industry. But I think we've really provided the listeners today with a lot to educate themselves on. At the yeah, end of the day, education in this industry, in any industry, is what is going to help you succeed. If you are more educated about what you are doing for yourself, who's actually there to help you succeed, to make an impact in your life, then I think that you are going to have a lot better of a time. It's going to happen a lot faster and popping pills, taking supplements, ain't going to do it. Sorry to tell you, stop taking yeah. your fat burners. They don't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, I wish somebody cool. would have told me that in college. Saves a lot of money, right? <laughs> so much money. Oh my God. Well, Johnny, thank you so much. And Absolutely. To everyone listening, remember to be bold, to be confident, and to be you.